Live the Bible, a Biblicist podcast. Someone might be asking, how do we pursue or discover true authenticity before God? Um, I'm just going to go ahead and throw these all questions together because I think it's all kind of tied in together. Um, before we can be honest to God, do we have to be honest to ourselves? Um, can we private, can we pray privately to God without authenticity? Um, and if so, how do we avoid or overcome that? So like basically just a, a, a collaboration of questions that has to do with this pursuit of authenticity, right? This pursuit of authentic worship, um, and discovering, you know, more about ourselves and, and our relationship with God. Like, what does that look like? in a practical way of pursuing that. Like I, this is something you and I have personally and privately talked about for, uh, I mean, and I've been sharing with you of kind of my journey of pursuing that better. And, but I, but I just, yeah. what are some, what are some thoughts we can give in regards to that? Yeah, man. I think, I think one for sure right off the bat is we don't ever take any time anymore to just stop. Yeah, <laughs> we live in a fast-paced world. It's always on to the next event, the next big thing, uh, and once it arrives, we complete it, and then it's looking for the next thing. There, there is no stopping. There is no unplugging. We've got our phone on twenty-four-seven. We check our phone eighty times a day. Uh-huh. We have notifications for everything in the world. We get news about things that's happening half a day away from us. (laughs) Like we are surrounded by so much information and so much going on. We never stop. We never pause. In the moment that we react to something, we never stop and say, Now, why did I do that? Mm -hmm. We don't take the time to reflect. And we, (laughs) we look up and years have passed and we're like, where did that go? Mm -hmm. I'm no different now spiritually than I was three years ago. Mm. Where did the time go? So I think for me, something that I've personally been trying to work on is creating moments in my life where I stop and I reflect and I actually ask God, search me, (laughs) know my heart, show me where there's ways that I'm erring. If we're going to be honest before God, we got to be first honest with ourselves, and we don't have time to be honest with ourselves because we're too busy. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? No. Yeah. I, let me just plug in really quick and say that not only do we know what's going on in the world, all over the all over the world through social media, um, we also think that everyone wants to know what our opinion is. <laughs> and so not only are we, are we consumed with knowing what's going on, we're consumed with giving our personal commentary on it, yeah. which is also in the way of us taking a step back to be honest with ourselves. It's like, you know, I, I'm too busy telling other people how they should think about things for me to stop and think about how I should be thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, I just want to throw that in. But no, that makes that makes sense of this. Um, 
I think that's true, that before we can be honest to God, we have to be honest with ourselves because I think we're putting up a facade. We're, yeah. we're putting up a block to ourself within our own soul of if we don't acknowledge and recognize who we are, then that means we're putting up a front to God when we're praying yeah. because we don't see it. And so, and if, so a part of that is seeking God and asking him to reveal those things to us, as scripture says, um, and asking him to search, search our hearts. But I think in a practical way, what that comes down to is us taking the time to be quiet, yeah. to sit back and acknowledge to ourselves where we're at spiritually, where we're at emotionally. Um, and I think they can look up a, a lot of different ways for me. What has helped me is writing it down because when I take the time to write down my thoughts and I mean just raw, real thoughts, like I don't take time to think about it. I'm just going to write down what's going on in my mind right now in regards to my thinking spiritually and where I'm at. And when I see the words on the page, that helps me be real with myself. That helps me be like, oh man, that's what's going on in my head. <laughs> um, because when you see it written down, it has that extra depth. Once again, that can look differently depending on who you are, how your mind works and all of that. I understand we're different in regards to that. But for me, very practically, and, and that's not a replacement for prayer. That's just part right. of the journey of being authentic with myself. Right. And if you're if you're authentic with yourself and you actually see you the way you really are, you're automatically going to be inclined to be oh, God. I gotta, <laughs> I, I gotta have help here. <laughs> you're gonna pray when you're authentic with yourself. Then you can be authentic with God. Yeah. Uh, I think of the the story uh, of the Pharisee who was praying next to the publican and saying, God, I do all these things for you. Thank you that I'm not like this guy over here. That's exactly what we're talking about. Yes. Yes, I think that's a case where, the, you know, him praying that way, um, he honestly, I mean, who knows? Like, I would say that this person didn't recognize where they were at spiritually they didn't even recognize how arrogant they were yeah. because they were too busy with their what <laughs> that they didn't take right. the time to be authentic with themselves and before God. Um, you know, I, once again, this is one of those conversations where I think it's desperately important and, but it's also very intimate and personal as we kind of, you know, break down what that looks like. And, I think I just think it's desperately important that we that we get real. <laughs> like once again, I don't mean that to be cliche or like whatever. Like I really mean that. Like take a step back and be real with yourself and yeah. and know where your heart's coming from and and yeah. and and to that self-reflection if you will. Um but it doesn't end there. It doesn't end with self-reflection. Um, you know, from there, it's like, you know, scripture is our compass and our guide. 
and yeah. and and our power is in prayer and 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 walking with God. So it doesn't end there. But I know uh, I didn't even recognize this. I didn't even recognize that I had in my prayer life put up a facade for me. Like it, I didn't know I did it. So that's why this is kind of personal. This is why it's like I compel you. Like you might be listening and thinking this isn't relevant to me. Maybe it isn't, but maybe you just don't recognize it. Maybe you just didn't recognize that you've been putting barriers up in your walk with God because you haven't taken the time to sit back and realize that you've put up somewhat of a facade. You've put up some roadblocks of saying, all right, God, you know, I'm worshiping you. I'm praying. I'm seeking your face, except you can't touch this area of my life. You like, I'm not submitting this to you. And maybe you would never say that or think that, but maybe you've done it and in a very personal, intimate way within yourself. And once you open that door and are willing to do that, I think that we would all find things in our life where we have been putting up roadblocks and facades in our walk with God and in that pursuit of authenticity. And, and here's the thing, man. You're only hurting yourself. Yeah. Yes. You're, you're missing out on being open and real before a God who loves you far more than you can comprehend. Yeah. You're missing out. When you blindly walk through the Christian life feeling like you've got it all under control, you just hurt yourself. Yeah. Oh, man. This is deep stuff, man. Um, <laughs> I really appreciate you you doing this. Um, I don't know if there's a solid good answer for this because the last question in that in that bundle of questions is how do we avoid that or overcome that? Like, um, yeah, what would be your initial kind of response to to overcoming um, a worship that isn't authentic? Even if you feel like things are okay, yeah. don't assume that because yeah. yep. we know our hearts are desperately wicked. So just because you feel like you're okay, I know you've had a podcast recently about truth over feelings. Yeah. Just because you feel like you're okay, the truth, the word of God tells us that our hearts are desperately wicked. Yes. So you can't believe your own self thinking you've got everything under wraps. Yep. So for me, I would say practically set aside some time to be alone and quiet. And I know the first few times that you do it, it's going to feel super awkward. And I'm telling you, embrace the awkwardness. Don't give up after the first time because it didn't quite go right. You have had years and years of information overload. It's going to take some time to quiet your mind. But I feel like if you get to that point where you set aside time regularly to be quiet before God, to be still and know him, then in that moment that you quiet yourself, you can be searching. You can ask God to search you. He can reveal things to you. You know, like... Yeah. 
I think that would be what I would say practically. Set aside that time and yeah. just ask God to show you where things are not really authentic, where you may have let some hypocrisy creep in, where whatever. Yeah. Yeah, a really profound way to say this is we've got to authentically seek authenticity. (laughs) (laughs) And this might seem kind of funny, but that's important. Like you can't super fit, you can't like, (laughs) because we were even talking about in this conversation, we can't like superficially have a conversation about authenticity. We have to talk about it authentically. So it's like, but, but that's the reality of it. Like once you open up that world, it's like all of it has to be that way. Like it has to be that way through and through. So we're not saying to seek authenticity as a structure of finding it. Like it has to stem from authenticity. Um, and I'll repeat this, I, and Dustin, and I think you'd echo, I, we can't do that for anybody. No. That comes between you and God. I cannot, yeah. your pursuit of authenticity has to come from authenticity, and I can't create yeah. that in anyone. I can't stew that in anyone. That is a work of God, a work of sanctification in your life. I can't, I can't do it. Um, if, was that make, that clear? Like, No, totally agree. This is really good, Dustin, and I think uh, a lot of stuff is kind of circled back. A lot of it's kind of different layers of aspects of this, um, and I'm hoping everyone's still following along with us um, uh, in the conversation. Um, and so the reality is is that for many of us, the problem is is that maybe we don't want to worship God or even... No, have understand our need to worship God. So, so what do we do when we know we need to worship God? We know we're or we know we're supposed to, right? <laughs> um, nice. We know we're supposed to follow Him, but in the moment at or at the season of life, you think you know better, or just don't even want to take the time to worship Him. Yeah, I. You said it earlier, we have our our power is in prayer. And I think first and foremost, we should pray because like we just got through saying we all have a sin nature. And because of that, we naturally do not desire to worship God. Mm-hmm. Like that goes contrary to our sin nature. Yeah. And so what you're feeling is the effects of the fall. And so you need him to show you more of himself. And I know we kind of touched on this earlier, but the more that we see Jesus in all of his beauty and all of his glory, we cannot help but fall down and worship. Mm. I think of stories in the Bible like Isaiah and it's a famous passage passage where uh, basically the who am I sermon um, that we all heard, I'm sure, growing up. <laughs> or not who am I, here I am, Lord, send me. Yeah. yeah. But in that, he saw the Lord and his reaction was to fall down. And John, 
who was one of the disciples of Jesus, but in Revelation, he saw Jesus differently. He didn't see the carpenter. He saw Jesus, the risen king. And when he saw Jesus in Revelation, in all of his power and all of his glory, he fell down as dead. Mm. He fell to his feet. And the problem is we don't spend time thinking on Jesus. We don't spend time looking for Jesus. We don't take the time to gaze on his beauty. We don't take time to look through scripture to see more of him. We skip out on spending quality time with him. We're not in his presence. And it's because he's not captured our heart. I love this quote by C.S. Lewis. It says, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. We're half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. You see, something has captured our heart and it's not Jesus because if he has, you're going to worship. Yeah. You can't help but worship when you see him. And so what I would say is we got to fall on our face and cry out to God that we would see more of him. That we could look at creation and see his handiwork. That we could read through his word and see how good he is, how loving he is. That we would speak that we would feel his presence, that we would commune with him, that we would walk with him. And when we do that, we can't help but drop the silly things that we're holding on to, the things that we thought were so important. But when we see him, we can't help but drop those things and run to him. We can't help but fall on our face and worship him. So the question, I think, is not, you know, I'm, I'm having trouble worshiping God. I don't really want to. How can I... Fix that, man. You, you got to look to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you got to see him. You're not seeing him. Yeah. Because I promise you, and I've experienced this in my own life, Caleb, and I know you have. The times where I wander, the times where I make mistakes, the times where, man, I'm just sick of myself. 
I've realized that those are the times that I was not looking at Jesus. Yeah. Those were the times that something else had captured my heart. Yeah. That's really good. I, I Part of my prayer right now, Dustin, is, is like Moses in the Mount and asking to see God's glory. Yeah. And in Scripture, we recognize that it's a dangerous thing for for mankind to see God's glory in its fullest. It would kill you. And so in the times where you do see elements of God's glory to its fullest, it's usually shielded or just a little bit or a part of God's right. glory. Like, and, um, and that's kind of where, like, for me, that's part of that awakening, that renewing, that refreshing is I, I need to see your glory. I need to see just a glimpse. I need to, to so I can be in awe of you. So yeah. I can worship you authentically. And, and what's happened is we've, we filled our cup with so much stuff. Yep. And that's why as even before I was a believer, really as a five, six, seven year old kid, the reason why it was easier for me to be in awe then is because I didn't have anything. And so there was there wasn't a bunch of stuff and pursuits and ideologies in the way. And so I must decrease, he must increase. And so I'm at this point in my life where it's like, man, I want to be empty so I can be full. I want to be empty so I can be full of Christ. So I find my fullness in him. And in order to get there, in order for me to even want to be empty, I got to see his glory. Yeah. I got to be captured by him. I've got to be. And it all at the end of the day, as we've been talking about this circling back and all this, what it comes down to is it comes to God. (laughs) Like he's the answer. It's not some structure. It's not some, here's three steps to a successful Christian life. That's not why we have this episode. It's not some secret to success. It's God and him alone. And in the Psalms, David says that he's better than life. (laughs) And when we recognize that, see, part, part of it is, not to go too off track here, is that we're too human-centered even in our, in our thinking. It's like we think we have to pursue something with, with ourselves. Yeah. And what God's supposed to do for me. Or God's supposed to make me feel better. 
or a guy. But when you find out, like all your pursuits aside, your pursuit of, of anything, when your pursuit is solely God and him alone, like he's your full pursuit. He is everything and you're pursuing him because he is life. Trust me, there is joy and peace in pursuing God alone. So part of the problem is maybe you're thinking, you're focusing too much on the peace for yourself and the joy for yourself. Like, it's him alone. All these these things come along with that. The the things that you are pursuing, the, the, the desires that you have, like, but when you realize that he's everything, then that fullness is there. And you realize, man, all those things I thought were important aren't important anymore. Right. Yeah, man. I, and not hopefully not to take us even further down the bunny hole, but when you're talking about that joy and peace and people looking to Jesus because of getting joy or getting peace or getting whatever, what you don't realize is that when we talk about you know joy and peace, those are fruits of the spirit. That's yeah. not like tangible like items that Jesus right. gives you. Joy and peace and love and all of those things are him. Yes. Yes. They're they're not things that he gives you. They are him. Yes. God Jesus is love. Yes. He is joy. Those things are fleshing out different aspects of Jesus in your life. But, but joy is Jesus. Joy is not joy. (laughs) Joy is Jesus. Yes. Oh, that's no, that's so good. So when we, when we put our pursuit on him, we get him. Yes. Because he is all those things. Yes. We can have joy because we have Jesus. Yes. We have peace because we have the one who is in control. Yes. We have love because he is the one who came and died for us. Yes. We get him as the deer pants for the water. So my soul longs for you. That kind of desire for Jesus is what we're talking about. That, uh, the, the picture that I just described is, is like a deer running from a hunter for miles, scared for its life, and it evades the hunter and after miles of running is exhausted and panting as it comes up to the stream, takes big laps of water. And how refreshing that is after running for so long. Just like that deer was panting for the water, David talked about how his soul longed in the same way for Jesus. Yeah. Because David realized that in him was all that he needed. Yeah. And that's what I want to get to, man. I'm not there. But that's where I want to be. Yeah. Man, no, that's, that's really good. Um, that's really good. I... And there's so much we could talk about in regards to this. And, and I, I, let me say this is I'm, I think there's a lot of, and I'm discovering this, 
there's a lot of people that have never heard this before. Yeah. I guarantee there's people listening right now or watching this episode right now and have never heard exactly what we're talking about and how we're talking about it. Yeah. And, um, and part of it's kind of intimidating, but the other part of it is joyous. It's like, you mean everything that I've been pursuing, the peace that I've been pursuing, the joy I've been pursuing, the purpose that I've been pursuing, it's Christ. Yeah. And it's Christ alone. Yeah. And when you discover that's wrapped up in him and our in our in our pursuit that we have, and we see so many people and, and people that don't even know Christ that are pursuing joy and peace and fulfillment and purpose and they and they fill it up with all kinds of things um and it's this and it's this natural pursuit that we have but the reality is that it can only be found in its fullness and completeness in Christ himself yeah um so that's why I describe that as I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be empty so I can be full. So like my prayer to God is God empty. Show me your glory, empty me so I can be full of you. May he be my heart's desire, my heart's content, my everything, my fullest pursuit. And this isn't, and this isn't some made up cool thing to talk about. This is a theme throughout all of scripture. And, you know, I was just reading in Psalms how David, and I think I even mentioned this last week, is like David is just, he can't believe that they're still alive. It's like, we're wicked, we're evil. And yet, and yet your mercy is so big, like it's unexplorable. And your grace is so wide, you can't measure it. Yeah. And so the pursuit of God, the pursuit of of him as our everything, it's so big, it's so large, it's so his love and his grace and his mercy is so large that we can not just drown in it, we can be lost in it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like like that, so I'm tr- the reason I bring that up is because I'm trying to explain the depth of it. I'm trying to give a glimpse into what we're talking about and why it's so difficult sometimes to even put into words. Because as we've been talking about, Dustin, it's experiential. It's not. Yes. It's not just something that we can throw some adjectives at and say, "Oh yeah, authentic worship." Like, no, no, no you don't understand. Like, what we're trying to describe is so deep and so great that you're lost in it because it's everything. It's, it's, yeah. it is, it's everything. God is everything. He's our all in all as, as Psalms repeats as well. And it's like, he's just, he's everything. And you, and it's so massive. You can't measure it. You can't explain it. You can't define it to its fullest, but you can pursue to be lost in it. Oh man. I know this, this conversation could just go, go on and on and on. And, and I, and honestly, and some people might not believe this, like we're like, I think we're like barely even getting through the tip of the iceberg on this. Like, and so, um, but it, it, but at the same time, as much as we could talk about it, 
or try to explain it and encourage people in this. The reason the conversation can go on and on is because it's a, I think it's a life journey. It's like this ongoing part of our Christian lives. Um, and so as much as I think there's other people you, you can listen to, there's other things, but like ultimately my desire where my heart is at for the listeners and for those watching is that um, pursue him pursue him because at the end of the day if it's just another conversation then you're just hopping from more what's to what's yeah and and so just pursue him pursue him um so to those that like i said you know you've never heard this before this is like what are you talking about of of authentic worship this raw realness before god that my my why is more important than my what like that probably sounds like heresy to some um that probably sounds like i like just terrifying to others and and please if you're confused and and or don't even like what's been said in some aspects of this please leave a comment please email because if there if we're if we haven't been clear on something i'd like to bring more clarity to it um, and, or, you know, maybe this has been encouragement. Please reach out. If there's any way we can help or be a blessing, please, please email, leave a comment. Um, very much open to that. Um, uh, pl- whatever you do, please don't just be like, I don't like that. You know, give me a one star rating on, and just walk away. <laughs> please have a conversation. Um, <laughs> with that being said, um, in my limited church experience, Dustin, and I've had, quite a bit of church experience, but I'll say limited in comparison to others. Um, Action has always, and I've mentioned this earlier, action has always seemed to be more important than authenticity. You know, as long as you're doing the right things, um, who cares why you're doing it? Just as long as you're doing the right things, then you'll be okay. And this kind of ecosystem of pleasing people and pleasing how you're doing things and just, you know, very much what being dramatically more important than the why. Um, You know, um, as long as you're doing them, you know, I I don't know if I should say this or not, but I got to give some context um, to make sure everyone understands what I mean by that is I've been at church when someone in the church was living in open sin. Yeah. And when I mean by open sin, I mean like public Facebook page open sin. <laughs> right. Everybody, the whole community knows, okay? Like everybody knows. Right. Everybody knows. Um, who was praised from the pulpit because they were doing the right things. Not living morally upright, no, 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 but being the biggest giver in the church and doing whatever the pastor asked. So because they were active and giving money, they were doing all the right quote unquote things and that mattered more than why they were doing them. Um, It mattered more than even their own morality. Um, and so like that's, I'm using that as an extreme example and that's on purpose. I'm using that as an extreme example to give clarity to what I'm talking about of like, it's, it's so important of what you're doing within the structure that who cares if the intentions are sincere or not, who cares if you actually love God or not, 
as long as you're helping the church out. Um, and let me be very clear on this because because I did bring it up. That's disgusting. Yeah. Like it is absolutely disgusting, and unacceptable and wrong. Um, that should never be the case. So, so yeah. the reason I bring this up is this. I'll, let me let me put it into a question. For you who are listening, watching, and realizing this is new to me, why do you why do so many churches that some of our listeners have grown up in why why hasn't authenticity been talked about or why is it talked about rarely? Yeah, I mean it's it's a valid question, and I think it's important for us um, to speak on experience because we have been there. Um, like I can, I can think of churches growing up where we were told when to say amen, like, and to agree, like my parents were on staff at a certain church and that pastor told them that they had to do X, Y, and Z in every service because they were on staff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a part of a church where I was told as I helped with the music, when to, at a certain part to raise my hand. Like we have been there when it's all about the right actions and not the why behind it. Mm-hmm. And I think what drives it all, man, church in general has become results driven. Hmm. How many salvations have you had this week or this year or whatever? Baptisms, disciples made, small groups started, attendance, you know, on and on the list will go, right? Yeah. The church has forgot that God is the one who builds the church. Um, Wait, what? 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 Why did you Why did you say? Can you say it louder for those in the back? I'm just God is the one who builds His church, but we become results driven. The church decided. <laughs> this hurts. The church The church decided that numbers and image was more important than sanctification. Oh. This is a journey, like we have said. This is a journey. But who's got time for a journey when we've got to look good in the community? Mm-hmm. Who's got time for someone to get somewhere by the Holy Spirit convicting them and drawing them? That takes way too long. So you know what? Instead of waiting for that process, we want stuff now. Mm-hmm. We want to look good now. We want to look like God's doing something here. So here's what good Christians look like. Here's the list. Instead of waiting for the Holy Spirit to lead, instead of waiting for him to sanctify, let's just jump right into action and we'll get this done ourselves. Yeah. We'll start preaching on what you should look like, what you should wear, how you should act. And we'll make people look like good Christians. Because the numbers and image was more important than the waiting on God 
to work and move in their lives. The church doesn't care if you have the right motive. They're just concerned with you looking the part. Which I feel like we could spend an awful lot of time there. Yeah, and and this takes this takes different forms too. You know, yeah. it takes multiple forms. But once again, that could be a whole long conversation. So, with all that being said, if you're in that situation, why would you be authentic? Right. <laughs> why would you go and share the depths of your depravity? Everyone thinks you have it all together. Yeah. Are you going to let your pastor down and let him know how you really are? As a pastor, are you going to let your people know that you've been struggling with reading the Bible? You've been mad at God. You have met the standard in everyone's eyes. So why should you let people know you're not really who you look like you are? Yeah. That's why we don't have authenticity, man. Yeah. We don't have authenticity because a long time ago we traded it Mm -hmm. for image. We traded it for numbers. Yeah, man. Like you said, right before you said it, this hurts. And like, as you said it, it literally hurt when you said it. Cause like, cause yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And, yeah. and you know, if you are in or grew up in a church with leadership that wasn't authentic, then you probably struggle with authenticity. Yeah. Or, or cause I'll say this, you could have had an authentic pastor or authentic leadership, but built into a structure that didn't make it a part of the church body itself. Yeah. Like, and I want to be clear on that. You could have an, yeah. uh, you could have an amazing pastor and an authentic pastor that's still in a structure that doesn't breed authenticity as, because right. as long as you're doing the right things, quote unquote, then there's going to be an assumption that it is authentic. Because why else would you do those things? And so I think sometimes it breeds in places where people don't realize it because you've created an atmosphere of numbers and looks and all these things. And, and, and like it can take, it can, this, this isn't an attack on any type of particular style or denomination or group. This, this happens in all different types of Christian groups in denominations. Yes. Like, I mean, if you want to talk about, you know, traditional, conservative, whatever, it happens in all different types of camps. And so this is an, a call and a, an implorement to the church at large, yeah. the body of Christ, that we've got to pursue authentic, authentic worship and authenticity instead of we don't want to let our pastor and church and community down. Well, right. I, 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 I actually, I understand what you're saying and I think it, it comes from a sincere place. Yeah. But the question, what we should be saying is I don't, the problem is people are going to choose not to let down people 
and choose to be fake before God instead. Yes. That's the problem. Yes. I'm going to make people think that I, and, and I've been there, man, like so many times where I'd have conversations with people and the fakest conversations Yeah. where I would pretend like something bothered me or upset me when it didn't. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, so I, I understand the world very fully in regards to that. Um, and so it's, and so I'd say one of two reasons, the reasons why you, you know, your church didn't talk about it is either because your leadership wasn't authentic or you had a church culture that valued perception over reality. Yeah. You see, cause for me, for me growing up and, and, and I grew up homeschooled as well. So for me, church was all society for me. That's my social structure. Right. I didn't have a school. I didn't have, you know, I, all my, even sporting events was connected to the church. So that's my whole social circle. And that's all that mattered to me was that social circle. So on Sunday, as long as I wore a suit and tie, had a nice iron shirt and a King James Bible under my arm and smiled and had my hair nice and kept clean shaven and said the right words, then wow, Caleb, he's a leader. He's a spiritual leader in the church. Look at him. He sings at the right times. He goes to the altar at the right times. Because I did, quote unquote, all the right things. And I couldn't have been more fake than a Ken Barbie doll. (laughs) Um, And so, but the thing is, I didn't even recognize it then. Because I knew initially that I was fake. I knew when I was putting on the makeup, right? Right. I knew while I was doing it what I was doing. I knew that on Sunday morning when I hurried up and opened my Bible and read a few verses, just in case someone asked me what I read in my Bible that week, Yeah. I knew what I was doing. Right. I was playing the game. Yeah. But eventually I believed it. Yes. Eventually. Eventually I conned myself. And found the game of perception to be more valuable than being authentic. And because of that, it's an ongoing struggle, an ongoing pursuit of emptying myself. And yes. and the awkwardness of authenticity. And yes. um, or being willing to have awkward conversations or, or to put yourself out there. And so it's a constant struggle because I played the game for so long. And... And so anyway, I hope that kind of answers the question or dives more into like personal, personal aspects of that. And here's the thing, man, you have two choices and these are very real choices. If you find yourself in that scenario and you are concerned with perception or letting people down, you name it, you can either choose to expose yourself now before other people 
or you can choose to be exposed by God when you see him on that day. Yeah. It is your choice. You can either expose yourself before other people and say, look, this is not real. Things are not right. And endure the potential, quote, backlash from people. Or you will stand before God having lived a life of inauthenticity and have to look. I just can't, I can't even picture it, man. Just having to look on Jesus and know that it was all fake. Yeah. Yeah. It's not worth it. No. It is not worth it. Not only for that moment, but for all you miss out on, like we've already talked about. It's not worth it for now. No. I think one clarification here in this, because I don't want people to say I said something or, and like like I said, please email, please comment. And we're talking about your church experience. What I don't want you to do, and this is coming from a place of encouragement here, and I because I've, I've been there, understand, and I understand you lacking authenticity, and and having this facade in your worship. Please don't blame your church for it. Yeah, I don't don't blame. Don't blame past leadership in your life. Don't blame the church. Everyone's accountable for their own actions before God. And so um, God will deal with that. God will work through that. Um, And in my prayer for churches that have done that in the past or continue it is for them to get right with God and to repent and for a church to be authentic before God. That's my heart's desire. I don't look at other Christians as the enemy. I I, I pursue them to, to get right and, and, that's what I desire. And, but for you, like, please don't take this as, you know what? Yeah. My church, you know, was just all about traditions and me keeping these things and having it like, I've been down the road and bitterness is not the path to take. The blame game isn't the path to take because at the end of the day, you chose not to be authentic. You chose to put on a facade. You chose to put up barriers, you know, and maybe like we said earlier, maybe you don't even see them. Because it's so deep rooted, it goes so far back. Like I was sharing with with was Dustin the other day. I discovered a couple weeks ago. Like, oh man, there's some barriers I had up in my life that I had put up like a decade ago. Like, what was what was really weird about that is I realized when it was. It was like, wow, like literally like a decade ago, I put those barriers up. It's like, oh wow, and I didn't even recognize it until I was able to step back. And take that moment to 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 self-assess where I was, and it was like, oh man, I have a barrier up here, and so I had to bring that that to God, and like, God, I'm sorry, like, this barrier is up before you again, and and so and so all that to say is you got to take personal accountability in the fact that, and and that's that's been a journey. Like I understand that, like go to God with that, take bitterness to God, get those things right. Like I just, um, the the better place to be is to grow. The better place is to, to grow past those things, grow in your walk with God and, yes. and grow in authenticity and not, don't take the time to be bitter about how long you weren't authentic. Don't take the time to like stress out and blame people. Like noticed 
got to be authentic before God and, and be accountable to your choices. Do you want to add anything to that, Dustin? Cause like, I know, I know that's a journey yeah. and, and, and I, and I can't just force you to feel that way either, but yeah. that's just, I just want to give advice into that. Yeah. I was just going to say that when you stand before God and you say, God, I was inauthentic, but it's because of the church. He's not going to turn to you and say, Oh, wow. Um, well, normally in normal circumstances, I, um, I choose who you're born into what family, um, I, I chose, uh, where you state you would live in. And I, I, I set things up to where you would be part of that church, but man, I must've made a mistake. I'm sorry. <laughs> you think God's going to Oh, my bad. Uh, right. It's yeah. like, you know what? I didn't mean for you to be at that church. I'm afraid to be at this other one. It's not, it doesn't work like that. Right. God, <laughs> verse in the Bible, talks about how he has determined our days. He has set our boundaries. Like all of those things are designed by God. Yeah. So you grew up when you did, where you did, in what family you did, attending what church you went to. Yeah. Like all of that was his design. And so in a certain sense, you blaming the church for your lack of inauthenticity is blaming God. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really good. I, it, that all circles back to like that, that personal responsibility and accountability. Yeah. Like I, cause it's interesting. And I think I mentioned this the other day, even like, you know, and I actually talked about this last week with Pastor Howard as well. Once again, if you haven't listened to that, go back and watch watch that conversation about mis- misunderstandings of the Old Testament. Great conversation. Um, is even pagan nations who God sovereignly used to bring judgment to Israel were still accountable for their actions of touching Correct. Israel. Correct. And so... Um, so no matter what circumstance you were in, you can't blame the circumstance for your choices within that. Um, right. There's still that accountability. And so it's just, it's so, and I'm, and I'm saying this out of like sincere love. And I understand like some situations are even worse for other people. And I'm, I'm aware of that, mm-hmm. but like, it's so much better to give these things to God, grow an authentic worship before him. In other words, even in that, pursue God. Yeah. Pursue God. Um, and and don't don't get stuck in that world of a blame game. Um, it's just I think it's just in the long run, it's not a good place for you to be. Um, so and once again, and and I know the other stories with that. And if that isn't clear, if if you think I just said something that that seemed extreme or whatever, please email, please comment. I want to have dialogue. want to have conversations with people about authentic worship um, and through that. So I just want to make sure that we're clear on those things. But I also know this is a limited forum, limited space and time. And, and I know it could be easy to be misunderstood and um, we're trying my best to be clear. We are all worshiping something or someone right now. Mm Mm-hmm. There is not a moment in your life where you are not worshiping. Hmm. We were hardwired 
to be that way. God made it that way so we could worship him. But sin came into the picture and has distorted that. There is not a moment in time where you are not worshiping. The question you have to ask yourself is what is it you are worshiping? Mm. And it's really easy as a Christian, if you're listening, that you can say, well, I worship God. (laughs) Hopefully after listening to this podcast episode, maybe you'll reconsider, but what does your actions tell you? If you are saying I'm worshiping God, then your life should be all about him. Mm-hmm. You have organized, you've prioritized your life and everything around him. You're willing to release things that you desire and submit to what he wants. You're willing to follow him even though you may not like the path. What are you worshiping? Better yet, what does your actions tell you that you're worshiping? Yeah. And I can tell you this. God is not one who shares worship. (laughs) It's either all God or none at all. You can't get away with worshiping God and worshiping money. Right. Or worshiping God and worshiping a person, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a spouse. You have to choose this day who you will worship. Yes. <laughs> it's God or it's something else. You yeah. do not get both. He does not share glory. He does not share worship. You have to choose. And... Maybe you find yourself, like we talked about earlier, that, man, I want to be in that place. But if you were honest, something else has a hold of your heart. Man, stop right now and pray. Ask God to give you fresh eyes. Mm so that you could see how beautiful, how glorious, how loving, how righteous, how awesome he is. And I guarantee you that if you do, and he shows himself to you in a new way, you will not be able to help but to drop your idols, to drop the things that you thought were important. You can't help but drop all of those and fall down at his feet and worship. Because when you see him in all of his glory, you can't help but worship. And that's what you got to get to. So if you find yourself in that situation, realize that's what it is. It's not about willpower. It's not about some formula. It's not about doing certain thing the right way. No, it's 
pursuing Jesus. It's seeing him more clearly, more fully. And it's, a, it's not a one-time event either. It's daily, moment by moment even. God, I need to see you in this moment more. There's something that is capturing my heart right now. Help me to see more of you in this moment. I want to give that encouragement to people. If you find yourself there, don't feel bad. We all find ourselves there. I don't know who made this quote, but um, someone once said that our heart is idol factory. That's all it is. We are so (laughs) caught up with desires and, and going after other things. Don't feel bad because that's just our sin nature taking over. That's that old man trying to step back in. Realize in that moment, I'm not seeing Jesus as clearly as I need to, because if I really saw him, this thing I'm about to do, this action I'm about to take, it's not worth it. Because I see him. And my heart and my soul longs for him. Yeah. And no, I think I think this is a really good conclusion to our conversation, Dustin. And I really appreciate your time. Um, I, I I don't say this lightly, and I may have said this in a different episode on a Monday show. Um, but I'll say this now: this has been probably the most important conversation, most important episode on the podcast that I've recorded so far. And I say that because of how important the why is. I say that because of how important authenticity is. I I say that because if your identity and your purpose and your pursuit is wound up in your accomplishments and how you do the right things versus in the grandeur and glory and mercy and love of God. If that's, if we're, if we get, if we get that wrong, you're missing everything. Yeah. You're missing the whole point. And that's why I think this is the most important conversation, most important recording on our podcast. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, if you haven't yet, please uh, subscribe, like, and share. Um, if you're on Apple Podcasts, please give five-star rating there. Or you can also subscribe there or on Podbean as well. Lots of opportunities to be notified on that. Um, so reminder, every Thursday, I, I say Thursday at six, but YouTube, we premiere, we premiere Thursday at six central for our Thursday show, like tonight, except YouTube is like putting on these boundaries of what time I can actually premiere it. Um, so I used to do six. Now it has to be either five forty-five or six fifteen, which really messes with my brain. Um, but, uh, so it'll probably be six fifteen is 
has been our normal time unless they move that on me again. Uh, and our show Monday, it, our Monday show always releases like 15 minutes after midnight. So it's just there and available on Monday mornings. Um, so please uh, do those things. We also are on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can find those in the links below. Hope you guys have a wonderful day. And I pray that you will pursue Christ. I pray that you will dive into scripture um, and read God's word so that we can live it authentically in our lives. God bless.